Welcome to Virtual Assistants, the agency growth machine podcast. Take your digital marketing agency to the next level as we share secrets, strategies, and client success stories. Step back from the day-to-day of your agency and activate massive growth using virtual assistants. And now your host, Azar Siddiqui. Thanks a lot, everyone, for uh, joining. The topic is the top triads that separate a digital marketing agency, a successful digital marketing agency from an unsuccessful one or from an average one, uh, so to speak. So, you know, uh, I myself have been a digital marketing agency owner for the last 13 years, been in the sales field for the seven years before that. So I have some experience in that. And then now the co-founder of RepStack, which is our uh, virtual assistant uh, service uh, providing uh, virtual assistance to digital marketing agency owners specifically and in three key roles specifically. And we'll talk more about that when, when we get to that point. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's very easy to kind of let go once, once your agency is starting to do, you know, $5,000, $10,000 a month and, you know, you're, you're starting to see good, good things come in, uh, cash is coming in, you quit your job. But going from that $200,000, $300,000 to a million dollar or a seven figure agency, that's a completely different ball game. And we're going to try and get you uh, to, uh, to get you to see some of those points today where, you know, just doing these key nine things that we've identified uh, really easily should be able to uh, get you out of this uh, uh, vicious circle if you're there and uh, on to seven figures and beyond. So, so you, my name is Azar Siddiqui. I'm the co-founder of RepStack. And uh, it's, uh, it's a one-year-old uh, baby of ours, but uh, we're having a huge amount of success in growth just because we were able to uh, apply the same formula that we're going to be telling you today, which is uh, the, the number one thing is focus on a niche. So we did that for ourselves and we saw like a huge, huge success in our first year. We just turned one year. Uh, we're over 150 people uh, as of today and uh, things are going very, very good uh, working with digital marketing agency owners uh, like yourself. Uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host today, uh, AJ Cassetta. AJ, you want to quickly introduce yourself, my man? Sure thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm AJ Casada. I'm a B2B sales consultant, been in sales my entire career, basically since I've been 18 um, and uh, co-founded Revenue Boost, which is a uh, sales training consulting company. And similar to Azar RepStack, we focus on helping agency owners grow. So um, I'm super excited for today's training because, yeah, I mean, just from working with tons and tons of agencies, I've really seen the patterns and I know Azar has as well. And um yeah, we're really going to share the do's and don'ts. And I really love what you said, Azar, about how you might get to one level and then you just hit a roadblock and you have to change what your approach to get to that next level. So the skills that got you where you are are very different than the skills that got you um, that are going to get you to that next level. So um, just really excited to bring a lot of value here today. So let's dive in. Awesome, man. Uh, thanks for doing this with me. Um, AJ is a great uh, sales consultant and uh, we at RepStack, Believe it or not, uh, we've gotten to 150 people with a lot of organic growth. And uh, the biggest thing we were struggling with was our sales department. 
and we've engaged uh, AJ and his uh, consulting firm to come in and build out our entire sales department. And uh, he's kind of working with us on the back end as well. So really excited for uh, uh, that as well. And I think AJ, your speciality is working with uh, agencies uh, mostly as well, right? Right. Yeah. I've been in the agency space myself for almost five years. So um, when I started the company with a niche I chose, and we'll get into the importance of picking a niche today, was I said, where can I give the most value? And it was to marketing and creative agencies. Um, so um, yeah, again, just really familiar with what it, what what the very successful ones do that the average ones don't. And um, mm -hmm. can't wait to can't wait to share. Excellent. So so let's let's dive in and talk about our first point, which is um, the importance of focusing on a niche. So AJ has done that. I've done that with RepStack, and I know. A majority of the clients that we're working with right now, uh, we're working with close to 70 clients, uh, digital marketing agency owners, um, who are the, the most successful uh, uh, people who are running their digital marketing agencies are focusing on a particular niche. Um, so picking the niche is extremely important. Like most of us do start out with a generalist agency and, you know, generalist agency is not a bad thing. Uh, to get the ball rolling for you guys, gets you the experience and things like that. But uh, the biggest drawback of being a generalist agency is that every time you bring on a new pr uh, project, so say, say you're working with a uh, flooring company, so they're selling carpets and things like that. You're crushing it for these guys. All of a sudden, you bring in a blinds, uh, blinds uh, company in the, in the local market again. And... Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the same website's not going to work. The same marketing material is not going to work. Uh, you're going to have to kind of reinvent the processes for this new business niche that you've taken on as a project. Uh, wouldn't it be a lot better to have the focus on only blinds companies? So say you, you must have a client or two that you're really, really cr crushing it for. I'd uh, recommend if you are an agency who's already doing five to $10,000 a month, take a look at who you have, who you're crushing it for. This is a way of how you pick your niche. And, um, and uh, you already have results coming in. You already have a case study ready to go. And, and now all of a sudden, instead of focusing on your local market, uh, for example, me, I've been a generalist agency in Calgary, Canada. That's uh, where I've spent uh, most of my uh, last uh, 20 years uh, you know, I, I've been working with condo management company, flooring companies, blind companies, and God knows, right? And it's been a it's been a struggle every time you bring these people on. Every niche is different. Every type of marketing material is different, and uh, it's just just a struggle. And sometimes, you know, the clients would come back to you, and they're like, "Where are the results? You get results much faster in a particular niche. Uh, in some other niches, you may not have cracked the code yet." So. Instead of doing that, why not pick a niche like blinds, for example, which I know is extremely hot right now, um, and and open up yourself to the entire North American market? Like, wouldn't it be great to have that uh, recurring revenue in that niche and just be able to go and tell your clients that I specialize working with blind blinds companies, and um, I've uh, I'm, I've been working in Calgary, Canada, Vancouver, uh, Houston. And these are all the case studies I'd like to take you on as a client. 
so so I think I think uh, picking out a niche is extremely extremely important. Uh, that's uh, you, you know like I said earlier, most of our clients who have a niche picked out are crushing it. Um, you know our own example, RepStack. We are focused on working with people like you, digital marketing agency owners, and uh, we've seen phenomenal growth um, because of uh, the focus on our niche. And uh, why don't you jump in and uh, chime in on this a little bit, uh, AJ, on the importance of uh, picking a niche for a digital marketing agency? Yeah, I think you covered some amazing points. And I know probably most people here watching this have heard this over and over again, pick a niche, but it's really, really so, so important. Um, again, from all the agencies I've worked with, they've always had a niche. Um, and I think it, it, the stages matter a lot too. Like you said, in the beginning, it's okay to be a generalist because you're trying to figure out picking a niche is partly a business decision. It's partly a personal decision. It's like, where can I give value? Where can I really help people the easiest? What do I enjoy? Um, so you really have to kind of play around to, to find where you are best fit. You can't always just figure it out through research. So when I first started freelancing and building an agency uh, before I left my, my corporate job many years ago, uh, my first two clients were a bagel shop and a landscaping firm. So it's like all over the place, but obviously that's not a very scalable business model. Um, so I think at least how, how it was for me and how it's been with every company I've started and with, again, a lot of agencies I've worked with, you might be brought in the beginning to find your focus. Then you get laser focused. And then maybe later you can start to get a little bit broader, very strategically, because um, maybe, you know, like once you're at least focused and you master a niche and you have all the processes down, then you can look at maybe a related niche. Um, but I think what holds a lot of people back is they, you know, I think success is more about saying no than it is about saying yes. So when you pick a niche, you're going to have to be prepared to say no. Um, of course, you can still stay open-minded to some projects depending on what it is, but really like you need to, you need to be okay with saying no um, and realize that no matter what niche you pick, the opportunity is probably massive. So a lot of people feel like, oh, if I just help auto dealerships, like, can I really build an eight-figure company? Yes, you can. Even in some very obscure niches, you can build a massive, com a massive company. So don't feel like you're limiting yourself picking a niche and realize that you can always change it later. I think that's a big mindset thing is we feel like maybe it's permanent. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna be married to this niche for my whole life, what if it doesn't work out? Just look at it um, like a marketing campaign. Look at it as an experiment. You know, you could, you could pick your niche based on what you think is gonna work best, based on auditing your maybe most successful clients and where you've had the most fun. Um, and then from there, it's just an experiment. Don't think about it's gonna be permanent. Um, but the other thing that I took out from what you said, Azar, which was really smart, was how Every area of the business is affected. So I know that maybe if you're watching this and maybe you're a one or two or you're a small agency, um, you know, it's maybe it's hard to think about all the departments in a company, but really by not having a niche and by taking whatever just comes your way, all of the departments get affected. Like Azar said, operations and fulfillment is more difficult because you have to create new processes for each niche. Sales is way harder because if you know, if you're a generalist agency, I mean, guys, we probably all know have friends with agencies as well. There's a lot of agencies out there. So sales is a lot harder. Sales is already very, very hard. Um, and when you, when you don't stand out from the competition, it's even harder. So the way I like to think about it is if the pie of potential clients is this big. So let's say you're just a digital marketing company. You have the biggest pie ever. There's so many other agencies. But if you're a digital marketing agency that specializes in SEO, okay, the pie is a little bit smaller. There's less competition. If you're a digital marketing agency that specializes in SEO, for um for restaurants now that's a little bit smaller 
if you're an S a digital marketing agency specializing in SEO, now it's becoming a tongue twister that also, <laughs> also focuses on Mexican restaurants. How many other agencies out there that even do that? Maybe not any. So like I always look for the low hanging fruits in, in business and in marketing and sales. So rather than trying to go after everything, like good marketing and good strategy and good positioning makes sales way, way easier. So you can just make it way easier and it's easier to become number one in a small pond than it is to become number one in a big pond. And the last thing I would say on this point is if you think about Amazon, they are basically like the everything store. Um, they sell, you know, you can find almost anything on Amazon, but they started with just books, right? So it's the same with all businesses, not just, uh, not just agencies. Yeah, some great points there, AJ. Um, I think uh, the last thing on the uh, focusing on the niche side is, uh, again, like what you said, that, you know, pick a niche, stick to it. You're not really married to it. I've right. seen people who are, uh, you know, who've kind of picked out a niche and didn't work out. They moved it and they've been extremely successful in the in the in the new niche. So so hiring a coach, uh, a person who can help you, guide you. Um, can also benefit over here. You can kind of uh, shorten the learning curve over here. Um, I recommend Josh Nelson. Uh, we use uh, Josh Nelson as our own coach. Um, so de definitely look at him at the seven figure agency. Uh, so moving on to the next point, this one is kind of a bonus because uh, it's uh, probably not on the slide deck. Uh, if the team hasn't shared the slide deck yet, please uh, uh, share it in the chat. And uh, this one is say no to project work. So I think this is going to be extremely important as well to your next step uh, uh, inside your agency where, you know, you only, only want to focus on retainer-based clients. So uh, I'm sure most of you guys understand what a retainer-based client is. A retainer-based client is somebody who pays you on a monthly basis. So, so this would mean that uh, you're, you're, they're engaging you for your, for your SEO services, your Facebook ads, your Google ads, and things like that. And, uh, you know, and the things like websites, uh, anything that you used to do on a project work site, you can just throw in as a package. So come up with two to three different packages and uh, just only offer these retainer based services. Imagine having, you know, having a 2000 or $3,000 retainer kind of middle of the way, which covers the website, covers the SEO, covers some Google ads. Budget is always on top of these. And uh, having 10 of those, right? Uh, 10 times uh, 3,000, you're already at $30,000 in uh, monthly recurring revenue. Uh, you go from 10 to 100, you know, you're a $300,000 company. Uh, uh, yeah, so, 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 you know, retainer is the way to go. I would, uh, I would shy away from project-based work. Uh, as long as it's paying the bills right now, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But your future should be moving towards retainer-based clients. Have you had any uh, success in uh, retainer versus project-based uh, work, uh, AJ? What's your thought on that? Yeah, I think uh, for sure it, it depends on um, what you're doing, but retainer has always been the best, the best way to go for me. And then, you know, like we, we work with marketing and creative agencies, but in all different niches. And yeah, the pattern is the guys that keep clients for a while, it's, uh, are the ones that are more successful. So it's, I think it's even, you know, when, I, when I'm hearing you talk about it, it's, it's not even, I'm not even thinking about it as retainer or project. I'm just thinking about client retention and long-term um, yeah. client retention and ascension. Right. So, yeah. um, cause you know, like just being dedicated to sales, my entire career, 
one thing I learned is that sales is hard. Like even for me, I, I would consider myself a sales expert, but I don't close hundred percent of the, the people, I, uh, the deals I sit down with, you know? So um, if you realize that like, no matter, no matter what you're doing, there's still a good amount of energy to acquire a client uh, to go from a stranger to a paying client. It's mm. a lot easier just to focus on bringing in revenue by keeping that client over a long period of time. Um, so that's also another low hanging fruit, which is yeah related to having a yeah. retainer. So instead of going for a $5,000 website project, go for a $3,000 a month project, which in turns uh, turns into a $30,000 client at the end of the year for you. So, right. uh, so way, way better in the long term. And clients would, because these are all long-term projects. So, you know, clients would usually tend to stick with you as long as you have the, uh, you know, uh, the, the stuff on the back end that the deliverables figured out. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, so just moving on, the next point is, so you figured out your niche, you figured out that you're going to stay away from uh, project-based work. You're going to move over to the retainer side. Now it's time to get your first five clients. So getting your first five clients, uh, you want to get to that point in as little time as possible. And, uh, you know, at this point, what you want to do is that you want to do everything in your power to get to those points. So whether it means picking up the phone and calling your friends and family, that's always the best. Like if you can convince your friends and family then, uh, you know, th th there might be a problem. Um, so, so, so start out there in your inner circle and work your way up there. Uh, cold outreach is a huge one that will get you your first, uh, first client. So uh, get a list of, uh, you know, you figured out the list, uh, the, the niche that you want to target on. There's different platforms that you can get uh, uh, data uh, for these particular niches. For example, SIC code, uh, is uh, one of them that I've used in the past where you can just purchase. Uh, uh, we have a list of, I think now we have a list of 30,000 digital marketing agencies uh, that we haven't even tapped into. Um, so having that list of your niche is huge. And now you want to start running some sort of cold outreach on this uh, using email marketing as uh, as you know as the front and center uh, but then also applying sales assistants and appointment setters who would be calling these people up as they start opening up your emails and things like that and uh, i think i think between that and uh, the the focus of your niche uh, and if you already have a case study within your niche then you know you already have a case study so now you can run a case study campaign to your target market your acquire list will cost you maybe a thousand fifteen hundred two thousand dollars max start running a cold email outreach campaign with some case studies in there if you don't have a case study you work out a lead magnet with uh you know how to go from you know zero doors for a for example a condo management company um you should go from uh, how you can go from 10 doors to a hundred doors uh, by using Facebook ads or Google ads. So you can easily turn this uh, into uh, you can easily turn this into a lead magnet, which is helpful to your target audience. They'll get something in uh, return from you and you continually send out uh, email emails of uh, five to six. Usually they work best uh, in our, on our side. 
But, uh, but yeah, AJ, so what, what are your kind of tips and tricks on getting the ball rolling for an agency owner who's just recently picked out a niche and wants to get to their first five clients ASAP? Yeah, so I think um, the first thing which you touched on is just making it a priority. How many, how many times, you know, do we, how many times, I'm sure maybe people watching this have maybe got stuck in the trap of doing a million things that aren't sales. So I think like one of the biggest traits of successful agencies is that they have a relentless focus on acquisition. Um, sometimes maybe I might be sitting down with an agency and they want me to help them with sales, but I might hear, oh, I'm, I'm just too busy to focus on sales much the next few months. And if, you, if that's really the case, you may not have an agency in three months. So sales is the lifeblood of a company and we need to always keep doing it. And no need to think you know, crazy far ahead right away. Just focus on the next five uh, and just keep it a very simple goal. But as far as, um, as far as that, so first make it a priority. And by that, I just mean do something every day, even if sales scales you or, or if, it, if it's the kind of thing where you, know, you have some fear around it of reaching out to people or sitting down with clients. Generally, I found that things that scare us are the things that we should go dive right into because there's usually a lot of growth in that. Um, but just, just know that if you're, in, if you're in business, you're not just providing a service, you're selling a service. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So you need to just get used to it. The only way to get used to it is to do it. Um, and um, just do something every day, even if it's really, even if it's something that you don't make a big habit of, just maybe make a checklist. Like today, did I do something to either prospect or to close deals? Um, so make it a priority. And as far as methods, there's like, if you search online, how to get clients for an agency, you're going to find a thousand different things. Um, so just try to pick one or two that you can really focus on to not overwhelm yourself. Uh, as Azar mentioned, cold outreach is one of the best things you can do because you get a very fast feedback. You know, if you wanted to start a YouTube channel in a niche and maybe it takes t 12 months to actually get people watching you and 12 months later, you find out that you don't even want to be in that niche anymore. It's not really a good situation. So Cold outreach is a great way to test your niche and to test your messaging because it's basically, of course, there's softwares that help, but it's basically free to go out and send emails or message people on LinkedIn or Facebook. And you can get a very fast response to what is my, is my messaging working? Um, is the targeting working? Do I need to change something before you waste too much time? So I would just say, go out, make it a priority. Um, don't try to do too many things um, and focus on helping, not just selling. If you, most people, what I see in their emails, it's always about, hey, this is me from this company and we offer this and we're amazing at this. But nobody really wants to hear that in their inbox. They want yeah. to hear, hey, I, I heard about your company. It looks like you have some great reviews. I really like, really like X, Y, and Z. Um, after reading your website, I thought that maybe we could partner or we could help you with this because of this, w whatever it is. But keep your messaging focused more about the prospect and their problems because selling isn't selling your company. Selling is helping people solve a, solve a problem in their business. So it's a lot of our clients, just to add a, uh, one more point to that uh, on how to get to your uh, first five clients and even beyond, a lot of uh, the clients we work with, uh, they do these cold outreaches in very, you know, like digitized formats where they'll, they'll, they'll be sending these emails out, but they'll also be sending out a Loom video recorded by the owner of the company doing an audit, live audit of their website. So, you know, if you can record like a two, three minutes and you just do... 10 of these a day, um, just seeing the ball roll on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, there's no way you're not going to get traction out of that. Back in my agency days, I, I did it all wrong. And, you know, I could never get my agency over uh, a particular amount, usually around 300, 350,000 uh, a year, but it was a one man show, just me. Um, so it was, you know, the, the money I was making was more than enough, but 
Uh, I would go from being a salesperson, a, a marketing person to a salesperson, to an account manager, and just do that circle constantly. And I remembered like, as soon as I dropped a client or two, and I'm all of a sudden, I'm in, you know, this, this mode where, you know, need to bring money in because need to pay the bills next month. And uh, really, like I, I had a list of maybe 500, 600 clients uh, that I've worked with in the past. And what I would do is I would just start calling five to 10 people on my list that I had on a daily basis. And that's it. That's all I really usually did on the sales activity. And that was enough to, you know, some clients I haven't talked to for years, you know, they're like, oh yeah, my website is too old and blah, blah, blah. And I'll get work going. So, you know, just have just doing like what AJ just said right now, just doing those activities, but on a regular basis, they have a huge impact in the long term. So, so, you know, just small things, simple things, um, they will definitely get you there in your, for your first few, few clients. And some of these things you should continue doing uh, even as you go into six figures and uh, become a seven figure agency over time. If you have, if you have someone that's full time, that's really do, you know, handling a lot, handling your clients, that's a very important role. $2,000 a month. That means if you have $3,000 a month extra, you have a thousand dollar runway for, uh, for yourself. And then your business will explode from there. And yeah, guys, just check out RepStack because they, they're the best in the game I've seen about hiring, training, and placing um, talented, uh, talented employees and virtual assistants. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk soon. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, guys. This has been the Virtual Assistant, the agency growth machine podcast by Azar Siddiqui, co-founder at RepStack. If you like today's episode, you can find more and subscribe at RepStack.co. Thank you for listening.